we're starting a new series, and this new series is called Breakdown Moments. And so we're moving from, oh, by the way, my name is Dave, so pastor at a new church, and I actually haven't been up at this pulpit or music stand um, for a month, and um, actually been on vacation for two Sundays, uh, went to Hawaii, um, suffered through the sun and the and the pool and uh, that kind of stuff. Got to see my parents. My parents live there and they got to see grandchildren at a time and it was, it was very restful uh, for all of us and, um, and come back and the church is like doing better and like happier and like thriving. Like, I should go away more often. I, I go away all the time. Like this is great. Um, and uh, also, uh, I hadn't uh, been up here for a whole month because we had our Junus for the Ladies series where we had back-to-back-to-back called and gifted women um, preaching uh, from the pulpit, which was really, really awesome. I listened to um, every single sermon and um, was blessed by that. And I'm sure all of you were blessed um, by the words. I'm going to be reading from Matthew 21, 42 through 46, 49, and it's from the New International Version, the NIV Version. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, have you ever, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone, anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid, to the cr- afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. This is the word of God. Um, so on first pass, if you're like me and being a perfectionist, raised in a shame-based culture, competitive, you know, performance-oriented, I would be like, oh, Jesus says I need to bear fruit. And immediately I get afraid, right? Anytime the church or a leader or your pastor or Jesus says you will, you will not produce fruit or you will produce fruit, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm stressed out now. What do I have to do to produce fruit? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm being bad. I'm not good enough. I'm not Christian enough. I'm not reading the Bible enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not going to church enough. I'm not bearing fruit. And we get stressed, right? We get we get neurotic. But uh, I think Jesus is talking about so much more. He's talking about what it means to allow him to change your heart because that's what bears fruit a heart a soul and a life that is shaped by jesus is shaped by god is what bears fruit and how do we allow god or jesus to transform us and shape us it's through our brokenness through our vulnerability our malleability our movability Amen? Am I speaking the truth? And this is what Jesus is saying. Basically, and I have an object lesson here, and I've used this before, so people who have been here have 
witnessed me breaking my back. But say I was a carpenter or a fine woodworker and I wanted to make a, a chair or a table, a set of chairs and a table and do like fine woodworking. And I had the nails, I had some finishing nails and I didn't have a hammer, right? Or I had finishing nails and I wanted to hammer the nail into a piece of wood, right? Which, which kind of position would be best? To use this as, as the hammer? So there's the nail. Or to set the piece of wood on this and the hammer, the nail. Which one's better? Or which one has more finesse or kind of control as a part of it? Not picking it up. I, I was thinking picking it up, right? I like to do things the hard way. If you're like me, everything I've learned in life is the hard way. Like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Stop bumping your head against that piece of rock. Boom, boom, boom. Move over to the side. Do something different. The hard way. So I would probably do this. But yeah, I mean, if you're doing fine carpentry, fine woodworking, you would want to use the rock, right? And, and go on top of it. Use it as a base, use it as a foundation. Rather than picking it up and going boom, picking it up again and going boom. And this is what Jesus is saying in his um, image, his parable, is that I am the rock, right? And in fact, as the prophets say, I am the chief cornerstone. I'm the cornerstone, like the rock that is the main rock of a building, right? They place the cornerstone there. Um, and actually this stone that's prominent and the most important stone was actually rejected by the builders initially, right? Just as Christ was rejected by people, by our culture, right? And killed on a cross. This stone was rejected, but that stone has become the chief, the most precious, the most important, the most vital. And we love the turnaround stories, right? I love to watch the stories during the Olympics of people who went through suffering or American Idol. I just recently <laughs> went on Hulu and I'm like, stop watching American Idol for maybe six years because I got tired of who America voted as best. And, uh, but then I noticed, oh, they picked it back up again. They're like CBS or ABC picked it back up. And you know, I, I'm a big Katy Perry fan and like she's out there and Lionel, Lionel Richie, right? I love his music too, both of them. I love both their music, right? Very different, but the same. But anyways, I picked it back up again. And they have those stories, like, of people who were lost and rejected or they're working in a Target somewhere or working just doing, auto, being an auto mechanic or doing whatever, not living out their dreams basically. And they have these aspirations, they have this talent, this God-given talent, these amazing voices that the world has not seen, that has been overlooked by people, or maybe they've tried in the past and they've been rejected and told, you're not good enough, you don't look good enough, your voice is not good enough, you can't make it, no one will care, you don't have enough likes, 
right? On Facebook, no one cares about your Instagram photos. You ugly, you dumb, you stupid, right? All of us have felt some sort of rejection. All of us have felt overlooked in our lives. All of us have felt that you're too short to play center. I felt that all the time on the basketball court, right? You're too short. You're not good enough. You are rejected by the builders. We're not going to use you in this situation. We're not going to pick you for this team. And then you see a person just sing. And the judges are just blown away. Like, how could that voice come out of that person? And they're like, wow, here is a gem that's been pulled out of the dirt, right? Here's a diamond that's been shaped out of, a, out of coal. This is so beautiful, right? And I like those stories. I like those moments. They actually bring tears to my eyes. I think most of us, they bring tears to our eyes because it's about the underdog, right? It's about, um, right? the system being overturned, right? It's about the last becoming first. It's about the littlest becoming the biggest. It's about the invisible becoming visible. It's about the downtrodden being uplifted. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, what your experiences have been, what pit of crap you're pulling yourself out of, I've been there. I understand. There's no suffering, no dark place that you've been in that Jesus does not understand because he is the chief cornerstone, right? But he was rejected. He was rejected. Rejected. And that is the beginning of Jesus' compassion and love for us. That he understands humanity. He understands people. He understands our journey and what we've been through. He's not a God that's like, oh, I put those minions, those little puny people down there, suffering and toiling, being stupid. I've been rejected too. I've been rejected. And he sees, he's interacting with the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, and they're proud, and they're haughty, right? Not H-O-T-T-Y, but H-A-U-T-T-Y, haughty. They're being proud, right? And he's teaching in the synagogues, he's teaching in uh, the religious places, and they're saying, by what authority are you teaching these things? And mind you, in Matthew 21, Jesus has just entered Jerusalem and he's done the infamous overturning of the temples, right? And he said, look at this fig tree, right? And it's, all this fruit is gone and he curses the fig tree, right? So there's this theme about fruit again. And you're like, oh, this is scary, Jesus. This is justice, Jesus. This is real, Jesus. And you're like, oh my gosh. And he's challenging the Pharisees and they're feeling a little jealous and envious and threatened by Jesus. So there's this tension, this constant dialogue and, and fight. And he's responding to them finally 
I tell you, you are at the center, right? People praise you, people love you. You're used to your authority, you're used to people hearing your words, people do what you say, you say this is righteous and that is unrighteous, this is holy and that's unholy, this is clean and that's unclean. Well, the kingdom of God is actually gonna be taken away from you mm -hmm. and given to people who will produce fruit. Mm -hmm. And then he says, anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, mm -hmm. but anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Will be crushed. What does that mean? I think what it means is, inevitably, in life, we will be taken apart. You can't avoid it. You can't run from it. And in fact, at Renew, one of our core values is relevance or authenticity, meaning we want to be real. We want to be a community full of real people. Right? So if you walk in here and we welcome you and you're new, we're not going to say it. The Holy Spirit shines upon you. Blessings, right? We're not gonna be like, oh, we're so happy that you're here, right? Like Southern happy, like, bless you, bless you. And inside we're like, they're stupid, they're ugly, they're dressed weird, they're sinners, heathens, right? What you see is what you're gonna get, right? Because we believe that when you're vulnerable and open and real, God can work with that person. Amen? Amen. God can work with you. And it's, it's a form of spiritual formation. When we are real about our pains and hurts and our brokennesses, right? We also open our hearts, one, to God's grace and God's Holy Spirit changing us and transforming us and making us better people, wholer people, and healing us. But also, it makes us open to have compassion on other people's pains and suffering. Right? You can't love people, be tender with other people, have compassion for the other, unless you've truly accepted and experienced your own brokenness, your own vulnerabilities. Last time, uh, Erica spoke, and she said, to rejoice means to be honest. Right? Joy or rejoicing isn't just this shallow happiness. Hey, welcome to Renew. Right? It was like being at Disney. We were at Disney Alani. It was like all those characters. Right? All the kids are like, I'm hey, Moana, oh, Mickey Mouse. I just wanted to punch them. <laughs> and what, what is this urge, this need to punch the Disney characters? Um, it's that fake happiness, right? Yeah, happiest place in the world. I'm kidding. That's my. <laughs> Anyways, um, Erica said to rejoice is to be honest. Right? True joy doesn't mean we sweep right, the troubles and the sufferings in the world under the rug. It actually means we lift up the rug and say, oh, this place is dirty. Right? We engage. Because in engaging and, and looking at the dirt, we trust that there is a God, there is a Jesus who can take care of that who's big enough to hold and handle our junk. Amen? Eric yes. also mentioned Jesus hid nothing and ran from nothing. Right? <clears throat> and that's what it means to be a disciple as Jesus is. Not to hide, 
and not to run. And that is the essence of rejoicing. Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. Amen? Amen. The power of God turns the rejected to the marvelous. That's awesome, right? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. Who did this? The Lord. Right? Did your mama do it? Nope. Did your daddy do it? Nope. Did your boyfriend or girlfriend do it? Nope. Did President Trump do it? Nope. No, certainly not. Did Obama do it? No. no. <laughs> the Lord has done this. The Lord has done this. He took the rejected and the ugly. Right? And it is marvelous in our eyes. God is a God who turns dust into life. Right? Ashes into a crown of beauty. The Bible's full of that imagery, right? Beauty. And we need, we need to remember this in the church. Sometimes in the church, or as Christians or in our community, we're so about tearing down, right? <clears throat> that we forget the work of God that makes us beautiful, right? I used to tell people, don't worry about tearing people down or like making sure they're knocked down. God's going to do that, right? He's the stone. You're going to land on that stone, you're going to be broken. If you're running, that stone's going to crush you, right? It's going to happen. We need to be there to point out to people, man, do you see what God is doing in this moment? Do you see what could be? You are marvelous. You are beautiful. The power of God turns the rejected to the marvelous. The power of God turns the overlooked to the lifted up. The power of God takes away from the proud and gives to the poor. The power of God makes the barren land fruitful again. The power of God takes dead, dusty, ashy bones and lifts them up and makes them into an army of God. Once again, the power of God can take a lifeless church or a small seed of a church and lift it up and make it bless the neighborhoods. Amen? The power of God can take your life. If you're struggling with depression, right? Or you're struggling with this pointlessness. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know if I can do anything. I'm not good at anything. God can take that and lift that up and make something beautiful. Because God is the creator God. Amen? He made everything. He made everything in the world and he made you. And he can make you beautiful. He has made you beautiful. And he can turn the things um, that are not beautiful in you, that you feel down and downtrodden, and lift that up. Amen. The power of God turns rejected to the marvelous. Part of our <laughs> series, Breakdown Moments, uh, Breakdown Moments, is that we're going to trace through Scripture moments where there are breakdown moments, right? We've all had breakdown moments when we've suffered or we feel like we're at the bottom of our barrel. And I think the response of the faithful is when there's hard times or when there's hard things happening, right? How do we respond? Do we respond like, I need the grace of God in this moment. I want to receive. 
or to respond by self-medicating and coping, right? Let's just Netflix binge purge or eat all the time so I can run away from this. And the challenge, my challenge to you, and I think the challenge in Jesus is, let me break you. Trust me as your foundation, because I'm a rock, and I'm strong, and I've been there. So let yourself fall on me and let go. Just, just break. Just, just let it. Let go. Just let your insides just ooze out. Right? Like pancake batter. <laughs> <laughs> eggs, right? Because that heat is going to harden it. You're like, oh, it's going to ooze out of control and go out of shape. But it's always round, that pancake. <laughs> Jesus is saying, let yourself ooze out. I've got you. Stop controlling it. I've got you. So I have a video here. <coughs> and the video is about this Japanese art form. You have the video? And uh, the art form is about taking broken pottery and mending it and making it into something new. And that's the beauty, is how you actually take what's broken, right, and mend it with gold. also trace uh, and preach out of um, a lot of psalms and the reason being uh, a lot of people you don't see the psalms preached you know from the front often um, it's usually in the liturgy somewhere in your worship or kind of or actually in the worship song because um, it is the psalms were intended for musical worship and the worship of Israel um, but uh, I like the Psalms because I'm a poet, and the Psalms are very poetic, right? More than just kind of like a technical writing, the Psalms are very real and raw and emotional. And a lot of Psalms are written by the King David, right? And you're like, he's a man after God's heart, but he's yelling at God, he's crying out, he's kind of depressed. Like, this is a downer, he's suffering, right? He's struggling with his faith and his belief, unbelief. But I think uh, this is really important for the life of faith of the church, right? It's not, we don't come to church, we're not the body of Christ to be put together, right? And oftentimes, I mean, we all probably, you know, I comb my hair and put a little lotion in there to give it some swab. By coming here, we all dress a little nicer, come to the church. We put on, maybe we put on a smile, 
right? And when people ask us, how are you doing? Oh, great, right? My voice goes up an octave. <laughs> Somehow if I'm like higher, it like means more, I'm more sincere. <laughs> but we think, and maybe that's why people have a hard time coming to church. Because, oh, actually I'm going through a divorce. Actually, we're struggling to pay rent. And I don't want to come to church because I don't want anyone to ask me. Because if they ask me that question, I don't have a pleasant answer. Right? My life is in shambles. And when we ask people, how are they doing? Do we really want to listen to you? How are they doing? It's like, no. We got to have stuff together to come to Jesus. But that's bad theology, right? Mm. We don't, it's Jesus that saves, right? We don't save ourselves and we present ourselves to Jesus. See, see, see? It's Jesus who takes us as we are and saves us and transforms us and changes us. Amen? Amen. But something in us just wants to like put on a good face and like fix ourselves up so we're presentable. Right? That's the wrong order. Let yourself fall on the rock and be broken so he can build you back up again. Right? We're, we want to be Jesus Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> we want to be put back together again. But not by all the king's men and all the king's horses or whatever. We want to be put back together by Jesus. Amen? Yes. Um, so we're going to be going through some songs. And I'm going to read Psalm 1 for you as just kind of a base uh, as we enter into this series. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but, who, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to direct destruction. <laughs> I think one of the really beautiful things about the Psalms is that there are kind of a, a rhythm. There's a rhythm in the songs of orientation, <coughs> disorientation, and reorientation, right? Can I say that again? Orientation, disorientation, reorientation, right? We have our breakdown moments, and we need to be broken down in order to be shaped, right? And we're lost in those breakdown moments. You're like, God, why am I here? God, why me? God, why did this happen? And the Lord of the universe who saves says, trust me. At Renew, uh, we are a chill, community-oriented, relationally driven uh, community excited about living authentic lives that embody love, mercy, and hope in ways that are meaningful our neighbors right? and in order to become that community um, we need to enter into this rhythm to let allow God to shape us Torah 
which is the word law in Psalm in, in verse 2. Blessed is the, the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law she meditates day and night. That word Torah, law, technically Torah is what? The first five books of the Bible, the law. Um, but it's more than that. It's a way of life. Right? It's, it's God's word. Right? God's shalom. This is my instruction. And that word meditating on it day and night. It's not like I'm studying for the finals and I'm cramming. Let me, let me study right, and just absorb this information. It's chewing on it like a cow chews on cud, right? Right, and a cows actually swallow it and like regurgitate what they ate and like eat it again. So, on God's word, on God's way, a way is a good way, way of life. We need to re, we need to meditate on that day and night, day, live it, like absorb it, make it a part of your soul, not just data or information, right? So that person is happy or blessed who choose the cud of the word of God, right? <laughs> choose on the Torah. And that person, it says, is like a tree. Here we get this organic message, this tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Yield that, that image of fruit. So it's not just hard work. Right? Or your performance makes you bear fruit. It's more of this, this pastoral image, these streams of water and a tree planted and just soaking up this pure water of nutrients and like amazing leaves. Uh, and its leaf never withers. Right? But the wicked are not so. Those who don't do this, they're like chaff. They're like leaves and chaff that blow in the wind. They're not stable, right? They're just here and there, here and there. Um, if we allow ourselves to be planted, broken, and planted on the rock, we will bear fruit. You believe that. You trust that. Also at Renew, our vision statement is renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhoods. To be renewed by God is to allow him to change us and transform us. Uh, but then the outward mo movement is for the renewal of our neighborhoods. And that's where, the, where spiritual formation meets love and justice, right? Spiritual formation, we're formed and shaped by God so that we have softer, better hearts of compassion, right? You understand a little bit of where others may have walked because we've allowed ourselves to, to walk in those shoes and have allowed God to heal us and teach us in the midst uh, of our hard times. Does that make sense? Amen. So, when I think about breakdown moments, um, I think about breakup moments because for for the young people, for young people, that's like really like the moment you felt kind of the deepest like agony, um, at least in 
play. We do ask that like our first role problems, right? We uh, so my my breakdown moment uh, when I look back uh, is the year that um, I was on staff with InterVarsity and I was dating a young woman and it was our second go around. Right? We dated in college, we broke up, we didn't talk for a couple of years, we started dating again. It was like, this is it, God, you, right? If you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, right? It was meant to be. Well, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> um, but I remember getting that phone call, right? I thought, you know, this person was someone that I would marry. I remember getting that phone call and her saying, I just, I can't do it anymore. Right? I think it's, I just need to move on. And I was devastated. Like, I remember weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and like playing video games for like six months straight, <laughs> right? I go on the campus, like go through the motions, do my work, but it's like video games, video games, not eating, crying, whatever. And it was really hard. And in that moment, for my 20 young, 20 something year old self, it was the end of the world, right? It's like, will this not ever go away? Will this like hopelessness and despair ever go away? Right? And uh, <clears throat> I believe God, that is one of my gold star, uh, gold scars. Right? Mm -hmm. God used that time to strengthen my dependence on Him and my faith in Him, and to change my prayers, like. I love her, I love her, I love her, I love her, I love you, I love you, I love you, God, I love you, God. Right? The true cries of my heart was for worship, the worship of God. And that that's like what propels me and drives my life now. And it also, our misery is our ministry. It also allows me to feel compassion for people who have been rejected or whose hearts are broken. That's just an example. But when we allow God to work real things in our lives by being real, we're able to engage the world in real ways. The real world out there. Amen? Where people, kids are being shot. Where mothers are being separated from their children. We're able not to respond with, we're able to respond with compassion as Jesus would, right, to the stranger in the evening, to Rachel weeping for her children, we're able to say, oh, this is not right. Oh, what can we do? We're able to weep with those who weep. And we're able to actually be the church out there loving our neighbors and being a part of what God is doing. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you uh, for your work in our lives. And if there are people in this room that are going through difficult times, um, I pray that they could, even with a pinky, grab a hold of you. Um, so that 
um, you can give them new perspective. You can give them the power of your Holy Spirit. You can begin to heal, change, and transform. Thank you so much that you are a God of renewal, a God who makes things marvelous in our sight. And we thank you in advance for the beautiful things you're going to do um, for individuals in this room, but also for our communities, our nation, our world. Um, there's great suffering and a great need for reconciliation and renewal and for restoration and healing. Um, and it seems overwhelming at times. Uh, what can we do? Or um, There's so much division. There's so much disagreement. But you are working and you are at work, so help us to participate and be faithful um, with open and loving hearts and wide arms to embrace uh, people in love. And at this time, we're going to open up to open prayer, communal prayer, so that if you have a prayer on your heart for our community, our nation, our world, um, the suffering, our things that are in the news, things that have been burdening you, um, even personal things, um, to just pray those out, out loud, um, and then we'll move into music worship.